0: Listeners, welcome to another episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Rasa. I'm your host, Grace Upper. This is where we talk about everything and anything on abuse and mental health. I hope you've all be having a good week. Today's episode centers around world news on abuse. The Independent News, 9th of January, 2024, by Maya Oppenheim. Thousands of vulnerable women are being left at serious risk of harm because police forces are failing to hand over potentially life-saving information on violent criminals, the Independent can reveal. And the latest shameful example of England's police forces failing to protect women Official data shows that more than half of 20,226 requests for background checks on potential domestic abusers were rejected during a six-month period. Campaigners say that victims face a postcode lottery in their search for answers, with one expert warning that the sheer scale of rejections is putting women's lives at risk. Senior Tory MP. Robert Buckland has called for an urgent independent review of the disclosure scheme known as Claire's Law. It is named after 36-year-old Claire Wood, who was murdered in 2009 by her ex-boyfriend, George Appleton, and had a history of violence that Wood was unaware of. As a picture emerges, of an inadequate system that has left thousands of women unable to obtain information about their partners. The Independent can report that 56% of criminal background checks or requests made under Claire's law between October 2021 and March 2022 were denied, according to data from the National Police Chiefs Council. Some forces are making women wait months instead of days to learn whether their partner has a history of committing violence against women. The mother of a woman killed by an abusive ex-boyfriend has criticized police for failing her daughter. Hilary Stitchcombe told the Independent that a Claire's law disclosure could have saved the lives of her daughter, Laura Mortimer, 31, and her 11-year-old granddaughter, Ella Dalby. The pair were stabbed 42 times at their home in Gloucestershire in May, 2018, by Mortimer's partner and Ella's stepfather, Christopher Boone, who had unbeknown to the family been given a suspended sentence months before they met for assaulting his previous partner and her mother in front of two children. Ms. Titchcomb said, The family had requested information from police about Boone under Claire's law, but the force had denied the application incorrectly, claiming that the request must come directly from the victim. It's disgusting. The police misunderstood the rules and denied us this information, she said. If I had known he had previous convictions, there is no way I could have let him near Laura's children and I wouldn't have let him in the house. A review into the deaths found that police had failed to take action when Boone attacked Mortimer in 2014, even though he was a known offender. Mortimer initially told officers she had been assaulted by Boone, but that she did not wish to support police action. Gloucestershire police pointed out that a combined domestic homicide review and a serious case review stated Ms. Mortimer was told about her husband's history of domestic abuse by a social worker but was unconcerned by it. Claire's law, which is divided into two halves, gives victims and their loved ones the right to ask police about an abuser's criminal background. The second part gives police bodies the right to request information on individuals they feel pose a risk to women a spokesperson for the national police chief's council npcc said claire's law application as rejected because there is no information to reveal about a suspected perpetrator but a urged ministers to agree the terms of a review with the MPCC to ensure that legitimate requests are not being dismissed. One police force, Wiltshire Police, is reviewing thousands of applications in relation to the failure to disclose information that could have protected women or people at risk of domestic violence. The review was triggered after concerns were raised about a member of staff. An Independent Office for Police Conduct (IOPC) spokesperson said an independent review is ongoing. Sir Robert told the independent, I am less than trusting in the system and want reassurance that those applications have not just been dismissed in a summary way that they have been considered seriously even if no disclosure is made. I think there should be a review to make sure that the processes have been adhered to in a proper way, bearing in mind what happened in Wiltshire. Anything that undermines confidence in the system is going to be bad for people who are doing their best to prevent being the victims of abuse. He added, the whole point of the system was to increase public confidence. And if it's going the other way, then that is clearly against the objectives of the system. Labour's Shadow Minister for Domestic Violence said that missed opportunities have already cost too many lives. Alex Davis Jones said it was very concerning that half of the applications made under the scheme had been rejected and urged the National Police Chiefs Council to work with police forces to make sure a consistent and rigorous approach is being applied in these cases. She said the scheme must ensure that every opportunity for early protection and prevention is taken when it comes to domestic violence and abuse. Adding, missed opportunities cost lives and far too many have already been lost. Domestic Abuse Commissioner Nicole Jacobs said the law could provide potentially life-saving information but that refusing applicants but that refusing applications means that opportunities are being missed to protect victims. Elibat of Refuge, a leading domestic abuse charity, partnered with the Independent, said there are many holes in the scheme and warned that a class law can foster a false sense of security when vital information is withheld or overlooked. Rachel Holman Brown, a domestic abuse solicitor, said failures to disclose information under Claire's law can put women's lives at risk. Some women she supports are given disclosure under Claire's law, but a lot see their applications rejected, she said. Sometimes they are told you have separated from him. You don't need to know, but separation in the context of domestic abuse are often not linear. Victims will often go back to their perpetrators, she added. This is because the perpetrators are so manipulative and victims feel controlled and scared. A lot of victims are a lot less likely to go back if they know of the history of abuse. That excuse of refusing information by the police doesn't stack up. Dr. Charlotte Ballow, who specializes in Claire's Law and domestic abuse, said Claire's Law is a postcode lottery with some areas investing far more money in the scheme than others. The academic said domestic abuse victims share accounts sometimes wait months to be given a disclosure about a partner. Adding that one woman was forced to wait five months despite ringing the police multiple times. Recommended wait times for disclosure are 28 days, but Dr. Barlow warned that this is too long. Louisa Rolf, Assistant Commissioner of the Metropolitan Police and Domestic Abuse Lead for the NPCC said, Police aims to consult relevant safeguarding agencies before disclosing. And where a victim discloses potential abuse during the process, but no records are held, police look to take steps with other relevant agencies to protect them. A spokesperson for Gloucestershire Police said, the review into the deaths of Mortimer and Ella states that the forces policy for Claire's law previously permitted disclosure of convictions only to the individual in the relationship. However, since the introduction of statutory government guidance in 2022, this constabulary will now consider disclosure to another person in particular circumstances they added. What do you think about this newsreel? Can you leave? Your opinions and views via email or our social media handles. Thank you. Domestic abuse victims to be given up to £2,500 to help them flee partners. The Independent Newspapers by Maya Oppenheimer, women's correspondent. Tuesday, the 9th of January, 2024, victims will be given up to 2,500 pounds to help them escape their situation under a new government scheme. The home office has announced a 2 million pounds port for women or people who lack the money to escape an abusive partner. Victims can claim a payment of up to 500 pounds for staples such as food and nappies or can apply for up to 2,500 pounds to go towards housing costs. The payments will be available from 31st of January. The fund builds on a pilot scheme funded by the Home Office and delivered in conjunction with women's aid last year, which helped more than 600 people get to safety. The Minister for Victims and Safeguarding, Laura Farris said, "'Women leave abusive partners at what is often the lowest point in their lives. The most common issues are children, lack of money and confidence, fear of reprisal. This keeps so many victims locked into dangerous and harmful situations for far too long. I am proud this fund has helped over 600 people to escape their abusers and find safety and hope this additional two million pounds will help hundreds more find peace and rebuild their lives. Previous research reported by The Independent found that nearly three quarters of domestic abuse victims said the spiraling cost of living crisis had stopped them from escaping their abusive partner or made it trickier for them to flee. The Domestic Abuse Commissioner for England and Wales, Nicole Jacobs said, It will be a lifeline for many, helping victims to flee abuse and rebuild their lives. I hope to see this critical funding reach as many victims and survivors as possible, including those who face the most significant barriers to support. The scheme, which will continue until March 2025, will be rolled out through a network of local frontline services in England and Wales. Farah Nazir, Chief Executive of Women's Aid, said, Domestic abuse affects a huge number of people, many of whom face additional challenges when it comes to receiving the life-changing support that they need. Ms. Nazir said that more than three quarters of applicants during last year's pilot of the fund used their money to replace or buy essential items, having escaped their abuser with no money. By allowing more survivors to escape their abusers, we are taking steps in the right direction to building a society in which domestic abuse is no longer tolerated, she said. What do you think about this newsreel? Can it you leave your views, your opinions, or you could add more to this salient topic? You can reach us via email address rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com or get in touch via social media handles. Thank you. The Telegraph, 20th of January, 2024, by Melanie Swan. Gaza's displaced women and girls at severe risk of physical and sexual violence. United Nations wants that overflowing camps and increased stress due to a lack of food, water and privacy is pushing refugees to breaking point this which has created increased gender-based violence, GBV risks, a spokesperson for the United Nations Population Fund said. Women and girls are also vulnerable to sexual harassment and violence while traveling to and line off of hours to use wash facilities, including water points, water distribution sites and sanitation facilities that are limited in number and located far from where they are seeking shelter, the spokesperson added. Prior to October the 7th, around 30 organizations were providing gender-based violence, GBV support and prevention services in Gaza, including counseling, legal aid, and safe spaces for women in emergency cases. However, as a result of the war, less than half of these organizations are now operational all have reported a total collapse of their ability to provide direct and comprehensive support to survivors of GBV, said the United Nations Population Fund, UNPF. Previous conflicts in Gaza point a surge in gender-based sexual violence and me hostility. Following an outbreak of violence between Israelis in 2021, the women's group reported 35 percent increase in its caseload after the conflict the charity received twenty-three thousand calls a week from women seeking help the scale of the ongoing conflict far exceeds one and according to statistics meanwhile israel is committed by hamas terrorists on october the 7th 2023 evidence suggests women and girls were subjected to systematic rape and mutilation during the massacre in Police 433 is reviewing more than 50,000 pieces of evidence and 1,500 witness testimonies. What do you think about this newsreel? Can you leave your views, opinions? On our social media handles or via email, thank you. I News by Akta McCoy, January the 11th, 2024. They beat girls with uncovered faces Taliban cracks down on secret schools. Afghanistan's militant leaders have enforced a growing list of restrictions against women's participation in society. Taliban forces stormed a Kaldestein English class attended by around 20 teenagers, and it was shattered. Five of them armed with weapons entered the class and started beating girls who had their faces uncovered, Akbari, 17, told I from Kabul of Saturday's raid. I sometimes feel it was a nightmare. Girls were screaming. The Taliban were pushing them away to their cars. Iran, Afghanistan's militant leaders, who remain unrecognized by any country since assuming power in 2021, have enforced a growing list of restrictions against women's participation in society, including their appearance. The Taliban recently began a widespread campaign of arrests and imprisonment of women and girls for what it calls bad hijab. Over the past few days, hundreds of women and girls have faced torture, beatings and humiliation on charges of bad hijab, spending varying durations in Taliban-controlled prisons. Many are still missing. This arrest were to punish some groups who were trying to promote violation of hijab in some cities and was for a limited time, said Taliban spokesperson, Zabula Mujahid, on Monday. Faizan said six of the girls were taken, despite all of them wearing hijab and black masks. We have no information about their current whereabouts. Their families approached the Taliban, but they received no updates, she said. A parent of one of the arrested girls told Faisal, her daughter had called the family in distress, revealing her capture by the Taliban before the call abruptly ended. Her phone had been... My other classmate, who was arrested on the same day, was released after a couple of days. She was severely beaten with black scars now covering her body. Faisal recounted, she's only 10 years old. Since leaders of the impoverished country were one of the most oppressed People seized power by force. Afghanistan's economy has crumbled, pushing millions into poverty. Nature has exacerbated the suffering as earthquakes left thousands dead. The Taliban's stringent hijab rules extend beyond the capital, Kabul. In the northern city of mazar i sharif Ben-Naz-Jafri, 23 faced violent arrest last month while eating a sandwich without a male guidance present. I was on my phone and enjoying my sandwich when two of them approached me. They asked me where my husband is, she recounted. I said I don't have one and explained that I was not very far away from home to require a male garden. They forcibly took her to a propagation of virtue and prevention of vice office where she said she was repeatedly slapped in the face. She spent 10 days in detention including one day in solitary confinement before her release. Since her arrest, Benaz has been receiving threats from the Taliban, leading her to start wearing men's clothing when she ventures outside. Faced with the near impossibility of obtaining a passport under the Taliban, Benaz is contemplating fleeing to Iran. Women and girls assert that Taliban arrest aims to eradicate women from society to the extent that no woman can venture outside the confines of her home. Fazi, a 27-year-old single woman in Western Herat, recounting being insulted and humiliated after she was stopped while traveling in a taxi earlier this month. These agents warned the driver, indicating that transporting women without a mail guardian is not legal, she said. They took her to a police station and called her father she was released after promising not to go out without her brother or father they want to eradicate us from the face of society she said the human rights organizations have accused the taliban of widespread violation of women's rights over the past two and a half years these institutions characterize the taliban's treatment and women as against humanity systematic exclusion. they are threatening us with good or bad hijab, Pfizer said, and then we disappear. What do you think about this? This is a very serious issue. I leave your views and thank you.: 13th of January 2024, Unilard. a woman was held captive for five years is rescued after being found in suspected kidnappers garage by police. USA, a man from Texas has been arrested for kidnapping and holding a woman hostage after allegedly holding her captive for five years. Lee Carter, 52, is accused of snatching the approximately 30 year old woman off the street when she was pregnant. As a result, the Houston-based rapper who performs under the stage name Viper has been has been charged with aggravated kidnapping after police after discovered the victim locked in a garage attached to his home. As per court documents obtained by the Houston Chronicle, the alleged victim told officials that she was kidnapped by the rapper while panhandling. The woman claims she was forced to leave in the garage for four to five years where she says she was repeatedly sexually assaulted by Carter as per court documents. Defendant Carter would force her to take pills along with crack cocaine and other illegal narcotics causing her to become physically unable to leave the location the court documents added. The woman claims she previously tried to escape the garage by breaking one of the windows and crawling out. However, After she was taken to the hospital, she says Carter picked her up from there and took her back into the garage to be held captive. He allegedly boarded up the windows so that the victim could not escape for a second time. It remains unclear what happened to the victim's pregnancy while she was being held in the... Officers from the Houston Police Department were dispatched to 5251 Perry Street in Houston on 7th of April 2023 due to a kidnapping in progress when they heard a voice coming from the garage. They found the victim, who was described as weighing approximately 70 pounds with a pungent stench while wearing filthy, dirty clothes and having crusty hair. On top of that, the garage contained a makeshift toilet, a dripping faucet, pile of diapers, as well as a bag of chips and twinkers. A warrant was filed against Carter in April, but an arrest did not happen until Friday the 5th of January, according to Fox News. Police returned to the property for a welfare check last week, following a tip the woman still might be in the garage, despite having escaped in April. Video footage released from Fox 26 shows officers breaking into the window of the garage, where the woman is believed to have been held. The woman wasn't there, but officials found a dog, which was rescued from the property. Carter was arrested at a motel and is now being held in Harris County Jail on a $100,000 bond. Police have said they are unsure where the woman who claims she was held captive is now. What do you think about this heinous crime? Can they leave your views or opinions? Thank you. BBC News by Charlie Notcott and Helen Spooner for BBC News African Eye, 16th of January 2024. TB Joshua, mega church leader, raped and tortured worshippers, BBC finds. Evidence of widespread abuse and torture by the founder of one of the world's biggest Christian evangelical churches has been uncovered by the BBC. Dozens of ex-Synagogue Church of All Nations members, five British alleged atrocities, including rape and forced abortions by Nigerians late TB Joshua. The allegations of abuse in the secretive Lagos compound span almost 20 years. The synagogue church of all nations did not respond to the allegations but said previous claims have been unfounded. T B Joshua who died in 2021 was a charismatic successful preacher. The BBC finding over a two year investigation include dozens of eyewitness accounts of physical violence or torture or carried out by Joshua including instances of abuse and people being whipped and hanged, Numerous women who said they were sexually tortured by Joshua, with a number of women that were repeatedly raped for years inside the compound. Multiple allegations of forced abortions inside the church, following the alleged race by Joshua, including one woman who says she had five terminations. Multiple first hand accounts, detailing how Joshua faked his miracle healings, which were broadcast to millions of people around the world. One of the victims, a British woman called Ray, was 21 years old when she abandoned a degree at Brighton University in 2002, was recruited into the church. She spent the next 12 years as one of Joshua's so-called disciples inside his maze-like concrete compound in Lagos, Nigeria. A shocking journey into a maze of manipulation and terrifying abuse perpetrated by one of the most powerful religious figures of the 21st century. We all thought we were in heaven, but we were in hell and in hell terrible things happened. she told the BBC. Ray says she was sexually assaulted by Joshua and subjected to a form of solitary confinement for two years. The abuse was so severe, she says she attempted suicide multiple times inside the compound. The Synagogue Church of All Nations, SCORN, has the following, operating a Christian TV channel called Immanuel TV and social media networks with millions of viewers throughout the 1990s and early 2000s. Tens of thousands of pilgrims from Europe. The Americas, Southeast Asia, and Africa traveled to the church in Nigeria to witness Joshua performing healing miracles. At least 150 visitors lived with him as disciples inside his compound in Lagos, sometimes for decades. More than 25 former disciples spoke to the BBC from the UK, Nigeria, USA, South Africa, Ghana, Namibia and Germany, giving powerful corroborating testimony about their experiences within the church, with the most recent experiences in 2019. Many victims were in their teens when they first joined. In some of the British cases, their transport to Lagos was paid by Joshua in coordination with other UK churches. Ray and multiple other interviewees compare their experiences to being in a court. Jessica Camus from Namibia says her ordeal lasted more than five years. She says she was 17 when Joshua first raped her and that subsequent instances of rape by TB Joshua led to her having five forced abortions while there. These were backdoor type medical treatments that we were going through. It would have killed us, she told the BBC. Other interviewees say they were stripped and beaten with electrical cables and whips and routinely denied sleep. On his death in June, 2021, T.B. Joshua was hailed as one of the most influential pastors in African history. Rising from poverty, he built an evangelical empire that counted dozens of political leaders, celebrities, and international footballers among his associates. He did, however, attract some controversy during his lifetime when a guest house for church pilgrims collapsed in 2014, killing at least 116 people. A number of uh, weaknesses in Nigeria claimed they were fiscally attacked and in one case shot at after previously speaking out against the abuse and posting videos containing allegations on a BBC crew that attempted to record footage of the church's Lagos compound from a public street in March 2022, was also fired at by the church's security and was detained for a number of hours. The BBC contacted Scorn with the allegations in our investigation. It did not respond to them, but denied previous claims against TB Joshua. Making unfounded allegations against prophet T.B. Joshua is not a new occurrence. None of the allegations was ever substantiated, it wrote. Four of the British citizens who spoke to the BBC say they reported the abuse to the UK authorities after escaping the church. They say no further action was taken. In addition, a British man and his wife emailed Eyewitness. Accounts of the ordeal and video evidence, including recordings of being held at gunpoint by men describing themselves as police who also are members to the British High Commission in Nigeria in March 2010 after fleeing the church. In his email, the man said his wife had been repeatedly sexually assaulted and raped Joshua. He won the commission that other British nationals were still inside the compound facing atrocities. He also says no action was taken. The UK Foreign Office did not respond to these claims, but told the BBC that it takes all the reports of crime, including sexual assault and violence against British nationals overseas. very and continues to thrive today under the leadership of Joshua's widow, Evelyn. In July 2023, she led a tour of Spain. Aneka, who left Derby in the UK to join Scorn at the age of 17, told the BBC she believes there are many other victims who are yet to speak out. She hopes further steps will be taken to uncover Joshua's actions. I believe the Synagogue Church of All Nations needs a thorough investigation into why this man was able to function for so long the way he did, she said. What do you think... About this shocking journey into a maze of manipulation and terrifying abuse. Kindly of leave your comments and views on our social media handles or via email at risingaboveshadowsofabuse at gmail.com. Thank you. Sky News, 9th of January, 2024 by Thomas Evans, Wales reporter. Fiji rugby player, Api Ratsuni Yarawa, sentenced to two years and 10 months in prison for sexual offences. An international rugby player who had been due to play for the Barbarians had been sentenced to two years and 10 months for a series of sexual offences, Ratsuni Apiratuni yarowa 37, admitted two counts of assault by penetration and one charge of sexual assault at a hearing in December in relation to three young women. The Fiji lock had been due to feature on the bench for the Barbarians in the match against Wales at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff on 4th of November, 2023. cardiff Crown Court. Previously heard the offences took place between 31st of October and 2nd of November last year. Who lives in Northamptonshire denied two further charges of sexual assault relating to one of the three women. Previously heard the father of four had London Irish went into receivership. A sentencing hearing on Tuesday was told Ratuni Yarawa. Has traveled to Cardiff ahead of the Barbarians' March to attend media commitments and training for the fixture. Persecuting Hurt Edwards Casey said the defendant appears to have spent many of his nights socializing in the week prior to the game. The prosecution said Ratuni Yarawa attended the Revolution Bar in Cardiff on the evenings of 31st October, 1st of November, and 2nd of November, 2023. The court was shown CCTV footage of all the three incidents she added. He ruined my life by what he's done. I feel like I'm in my own personal hell. The court she had been such an independent person prior to the incident what i to do was watch that man off me she said and such a high profile person he did this he said the defendant would like a statement to apologize to each of the victims the court heard the defendant had been described by those that run fiji rugby as a dedicated and valuable asset he knows his legacy is forever tarnished with behavior that is reflected in these counts miss smith added he has not only let himself down his family, but also his country in respect of his behavior. Judge Tracy Lloyd Clark also granted a restraining order of three years in relations to one of the victims. What do you think about this? Can you leave your views and your opinions and comments on this particular newsreel? We've come to the end of today's episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, RASA. I'm your host, Grace Opa. See you on our next episode. Be safe and be positive. Take care and bye for now.